Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Carn, and Mike Steenstra. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, how's, quarant- how's quarantine going? Crazy world we're living in, guys. Nice to see you back in front of my face. I haven't really talked to anybody in a long time, even on Skype. How you doing? Had a lot going on. This is like the worst intro ever. (laughs) Maybe we should start over. You can start whatever you want. (laughs) The mood, man. The The mood is collective. The mood is come with some energy. Just I mean, we did we did just discuss the economy collapsing. Jenkins. (laughs) This is going to be a fucking train wreck. Just fucking kick the door in on this episode. Let's fucking do it. All right. Well, why are we here in the in the first place? Like I, I this know, week, been soccer and fucking many moons. And like when my when my grandkids were born, was the last time there was soccer played. Champions League soccer was only three weeks ago. Oh, it feels like forever ago. They were holding on. They were holding on. Those TV dollars. Yeah. But you heard? Uh, did you hear Klopp talk about? Like that game being criminal that it was played against Atletico. Full oh, stadium. for fuck's sake. No, Suck it, dick, Klopp. Yeah. yeah. Give me a break, dude. I was also reading there was – they were linking the Atalanta there's – a, there's a town. Wherever Atalanta's fan base is located, they traveled down for uh, a Champions League game. And most and that entire town like got it. And they are tracing a lot of the cases back to the game, which is kind of crazy. But – I mean, Italy is getting smoked. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. I mean, it, yeah, we all know what's going on. Everybody clicks too many links all day and that's not why we're here. Uh, we don't want to get too much into COVID-19. Of course yeah. we're gonna, because it's a fucking it's pandemic. Let's, Crazy. let's, let's dance around it. Like, uh, like we can avoid it and everyone knows we can't avoid it. Uh, yeah, we'll just talk, we'll just talk out of context for it. So when's the last time? Yeah. That we, talk so michael you referenced champions league that was still occurring the premier league maybe had been shut down by that point or lost i think after we talked last i don't think i think it was like that day and then spurs lost to uh rb leipzig yep got smoked by rb leipzig well yeah (laughs) got their asshole uh, caved in by rb leipzig you guys can always hold out, hold out hope that they're just going to like, you know, call out a straight cancel. And then you guys can just be in the champions league again next year without having to actually, you know, get there. I I'm think that we could games. get there. I think we could get there, especially if they come fast and furious. I think we could still get there. I have faith. If it, rest- well, if it restarts. I mean, that's the thing is Sonny's back. Harry Kane's back. Sissoko's back. Like you have a full squad all of a sudden, like a very full, deep, Tottenham squad for for a push at the end. So, and they're and not so, so far out. Else, they're like three points, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think more than that. Out of five. The, well, out of fifth look place, anymore. I don't know. I don't look. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked at the oh. table. I, I got it in front of me though. Um, United is, and we we definitely need to spend some time talking about United's form coming into COVID nineteen world. Yes, but 100%. United's sitting in fifth, 
three behind Chelsea in fourth. Spurs are four back of United in fifth spot. So Tottenham are in eighth, four spots back, and seven back of Chelsea in fourth place. Who are those other teams in there? It's uh, Wolves. Wolves in sixth. And Sheffield. Uh, two back of United. Sheffield also on 43 points with Wolves. Sheffield. And Arsenal is only one point back, and they have a game in hand on Spurs. Arsenal. That's the thing. The end of the year was lining up to be super entertaining. And it will be if they come back. So maybe we can start there. It's been three weeks. It's been brutal. We know that we're all sitting there and we're watching fucking links from past games, highlight reels. Yeah, which just aren't the same. Just to get a little shudder in our pants. Um, You know, what, what do you think about... I want your guys' take on... Where is it going to land? Where is it going to land? I read something interesting from Gab Marcotti and Ian Dark that was talking about how he agrees in principle with finishing it in this this island. You know, they 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 ship all the players out, yeah. all these do it all in a vacuum. Sounds like, incredible. Well, like, I agree with that in principle, yes, but he's like, I totally agree with it. Or I I, should, I guess I should say logically he agrees with it, but on principle he totally says it's all fucked and all they care about is money and it's just to fulfill the TV contracts and it has nothing to do with the fans. So where do you guys land? What do you see? First of all, why is it a crime for them to think about money right now? They're losing millions and millions. Like, of course they're going to think about it. <laughs> and maybe they, I, I don't know. And obviously for me, like I want safety of course, but you can't fault organizations for thinking of how much fucking money they're losing right now. Well, it's especially insane. since most of them are are like, mo- like more than more than uh, more than half of the clubs are operating. You know, basically like on you know that that black red line uh, as far as finances. Like they're spending as much as they're making because they're trying to get you know up to whatever level, right? Like if you're if you're in the lower leagues, you're trying to get a promotion to make more money. Um, if you make it to the Premier League now, you're spending money to stay up in the Premier League because you want to get that TV contract. And then if you're lucky enough to be, you know, teams like Wolverhampton and Sheffield, where you're now in the upper echelon, now you're talking about you want to spend to get to to Champions League. So most of those teams are operating like you know at that like you know that, that threshold. And then you talk about all right, we're going to cut out X number of of games we're going to pay player salaries without tv money blah 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 like how many of those teams are going to be in the red and like you know forever be drastically changed by by this like never really be able to fully come back and you know you, you saw that happening with some clubs before all this happened because of the way you know football operates and and now this just exacerbates it in in a way that we've never seen before so it'll be yeah, cash flow issue man yeah it'll be incredibly interesting what you know what monetary like money in football looks like when whenever we resume yeah yeah i mean a lot of that depends on the length of the virus right length of the pandemic i mean it's changing the world is gonna change drastically from this like let alone football but i think you'll see a lot of clubs fold don't you think i like lower level clubs yeah yeah i I think you're gonna see a lot of them fold uh, ones that don't benefit from some sort of, you know, uh, angel donation or a rich person coming in and, and, and taking over, 
and even the ones that that do the oil stay, people like aren't going to be that rich anymore you think about <laughs> think about just like like barcelona right like uh, i hate to americanize this but like they're they're like the green bay of of football right like they're you know fan owned so to speak um they have money just like on an operating budget but a lot of that is based on like you know tv contracting can and like commercial sales and, and all that stuff and when that stuff is gone like like barcelona is reportedly already struggling financially because of this and they were already in a tight spot anyway because of um some of the transfer moves and stuff that they had made so um imagine that's barca just and that's barcelona like that's i mean we're not even talking about like nottingham forest or like i mean we go lower and lower portsmouth or um sorry matt um didn't mean to reference uh Portsmouth there, Southampton, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you go to yeah. some of those clubs that didn't have the cash reserves that Barcelona has. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be really interesting. Like, um, I would like, I would like to hope that, you know, maybe some of like transfer fees come back to normalcy. Um, it's, and then I know Brad, Brad, I would consider a veteran. He's been watching long enough, most of the past decade. Um, Michael is still fairly new, but like the transfer numbers I'm seeing are just outrageous. Like, think about like it wasn't that long ago that United bought Paul Pogba for 89 million pounds, and and people fucking lost their minds. And it was like two years later that Neymar mm-hmm. went for like 222 million euros. There's, you know, what I'm saying like like the shit just fucking went crazy. Coutinho went for 160. Uh, yeah. million euros and now like he washed out after a season so like money needs to come back to normal and maybe this is that that you know that push that football needed to uh, understand some of that and uh, I'll, I'll talk about what I think is the benefit for United I guess in my state of the union but um, yeah it's crazy and I so so you know this concept to go back to it the concept of putting all the players into like some remote area with training pitches and like having to play out all the games, right. You have legal issues with regard to the players because if someone gets infected, like, you know what I mean? There are, there are legal issues and uh, it's not plausible. It's not a plausible theory. They have a union, right? It's like, this is yes. like, like there's no way that a union is going to agree to that. Not in any way, shape or form. This isn't, this isn't, you know, Ice Cube's big three, like reality TV show where the fuck. I wonder if that's gonna stuff. happen. I really do. The big three. <laughs> I would be. Oh, no, yeah, that like the whole thing where they tested all the players and then they're putting them in this bunker right. where they all live together for like the extended period of the season. Like, imagine like, this is the doing premier, that. Like, this is. <laughs> this you is know, what would be cool though. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> if they had like a reality TV show where they did like two v twos, but you get like messy. Ronaldo, Pulisic, like gosh, yeah, it'd be fun as hell. <laughs> it would be awesome. It would, um, yeah. So, so that's so, the thing. So, yeah. I think this is gonna breed some when football returns because it will return. Like it's going to return at some point. It's gonna breed some real crazy competitions, like uh, playoffs, and, and I, this is what I would imagine if they come back or if they call the league right now. They would at least do a playoff between the top three EFL and top three Premier League teams. No, why not? I don't Jimmy? think so. I, I think that it, it would be great for competition. Oh, I think it would be great for competition. I think it would be great for group stage. Watch it be. 
it would be lovely. Um, I just don't think they're going to do it. Like, I think if the, in your scenario, if they call the season, you're going to have more people calling for a cancellation of the season and just operating off of last year. There's going to be like, you know, the few teams that get hard done, um, you know, teams that like, like, I guess, I mean, even in the United States, like we're in the Europa league, um, Europa league gets canceled and we're, you know, doing well in that competition and Premier League gets canceled where we have a chance to run mm-hmm. in the top four for a Champions League spot, and all of a sudden now we're stuck in the Europa League again next year. I like if you call the season, like there's no there's no easy way because there's so many different yeah. scenarios as far as payouts and places and competitions that you get into based on your finish that you're going to be able to do that equitably. You're just going to have to like straight up cancel and start over again. I heard um, they were thinking of expanding the league by two teams. Oh, automatic promotion theory that's out there too but you, like you're right you can't accommodate everything um you can't do it so one last comment on that would be the the thing that ian dark wrote was about how elite football is all about money and like hey i'm all for capitalism and making money and profiting but he's got a point with regard to the fact that you know the other leagues canceled the ones that aren't dependent upon tv contracts Right. The lower leagues just cancel their seasons. And then on top of that, the fact that, you know, if they did that, it would be bullshit because of the fact that you'd have some teams who depend on gates as in attendance to make their money. Most clubs in England, for example, still depend. A big part of their income is actual attendance, selling tickets, whereas the bigger clubs now with the TV contracts, it's only I think Tottenham, for example, I think it's only 11 percent of their revenue. And for most clubs, it's more in the in the eighty percent range. Um, so anyway, it's that's interesting. That's all. That's all I would say. But where do you think it's going to go then? Prediction, Michael. You want to go group stages and playoffs? And no, that's kind of my hybrid? own. That's my own crazy. I'm stuck in that's a box. Not that thinking, crazy. I like it. I I like it, but no one's going to hear that theory. Like it would be cool. Imagine that if you had group stages with like the bottom. Fuck it. Put mm-hmm. it in the bottom. Like. 12 you know last six of premier no they wouldn't do that last three of premier league i don't know but my prediction is they call the season they name liverpool winners really i think so media media will convince them of that yeah they should be though i like in other they're, leagues they're they cancel one, the they're, season they're in one, other leagues one away yes from i get that they would accept being, it yeah, yeah. They yeah, won. So they already brutal. won. Yeah, They're Jimmy. Like two games away from clinching. Um, you're asking me what I think is going to happen. Yes, is that the question? Um, I think European competitions are done. I think the Champions League is done. I think the Europa League is done. I think they're going to cancel that. Um, I think uh, the Premier League itself is too hard-headed um, and believes that stuff's going to happen. I think they're going to try to find a way. Even if that means, you know, playing into July, August to get last season done and then just roll into the next season like that would be that would be Premier League-esque for me. Like that's like they fulfill the money contract. They they get an outright winner that no one's going to argue about. Um, I think that I think that the Premier League finishes in some fashion. One way or another. That's my prediction. It's not the schedule we deserve, but it's the one we need. 
It all depends on how long this thing lasts. You know? You can't make an accurate prediction until you know, like, oh, all right, July we're playing. I agree, though. The Premier League will try and push it through. I I think that's a good estimate. We'll have to see. Should be interesting. I'm just, just, I'm ready to have the game back. Yeah, it's been frustrating. I didn't love uh, watching games behind closed doors. They felt weird to me. They are weird, man. They are weird. So, I will, I will say this. I, I, I enjoyed them. Um, you guys have played soccer, so you can appreciate this. But like, I enjoyed being able to hear the players communicate, like, like them, like they're talking, like, just how noisy that yeah. was. Like, because you don't hear that during a game um, at all. Yeah, I thought, like, I thought that was, I thought that was cool. Like, it's the same yeah. reason. Like, um, well, not the same reason, but I love soccer, so like, I watch like. Um, I've watched a lot of U23 games and stuff like that, or even the U18s where they're playing on basically, you know, um, standless fields, you know, training complex fields uh, where all you hear is, you know, three moms and dads and then all the players. Um, just because I think it's interesting. Like, that's it's something that, that I've enjoyed listening to. So I enjoyed it from that aspect. But, yeah, uh, long term, you know, I'd, I'd love to have supporters singing again. Just a little window into the into their world, Jimmy. So, just one real quick last thing before we leave this topic. I, there, there was a there's a bat. There's a bat somewhere, and <laughs> I think that you there's a chance in a weird the weirdest fucking universe in the world that you could have to fulfill this bat. Uh, there is. There's a real possibility. Like, uh, um, I never imagined that this would be the reason that I would. Uh, that would lose this, but, um, uh, our friend Brian Helder, um, you know, was, was bemoaning that somehow that Liverpool wouldn't get to be title winners. And this was early on, I think yeah. I'll say like three um, weeks ago, late. Yeah. Yeah. And they many, lost many, one time. many weeks ago. Yeah. And basically I said, you know, listen, if, uh, um, if Liverpool aren't champions, then I'll go to church every Sunday. And oh man, I am, I am far from a religious human being. Like I, I don't go. Like I, the last time I went to church was um, Christmas because my wife is religious and I love her very much, and I'm trying to be supportive. Um, so like we go at church and Easter and uh, for my kids' baptism. But for me, that's not that's not my jam. So, like, for me to say, "Hey, I'll go to church every Sunday," is fucking bonkers. And then bonkers happened. So, there's a very real chance that I might end up having to go to church every Sunday. Um, luckily for me, my wife is Methodist, and Methodist uh, services are pretty fucking short. Um, yeah. I was raised Lutheran, which is like Catholic light, which is like you know an hour and a half fucking service. Um, so I'm glad I don't have to do that if that's the case, but think yeah. average denominations, I, you know? So, so me, so me, me betting or me, me telling you right now that I think that somehow some way the Premier League will finish was more just a hope at this point. Like, <laughs> you know, you know what? Like I'll take, I will take giving up Liverpool winning the championship. I'll, I'll eat it as a United fan. There's, there's nothing in the world that actually makes me think that I want to go to church every Sunday. So, Let's crown maybe, Liverpool uh, champions and move on. Maybe right. for the future Rooster and the Devil episodes, we'll start reviewing churches for you. 
<laughs> local churches in your area. I love that. I love that. Oh, this one, this one looks like a good one, Jim. What do you think about this one? Looks like a nice pastor, good congregation, nice building. I mean, like, I, I can only imagine that there is somewhere like Yelp reviews of, of churches, so sure. We got to do it. We got to follow up on it if it happens, Michael. I love that idea. Fantastic. All right. Anyway, what else, guys? How have you been surviving the quarantine? And okay, what what content have you been looking at? Have you stayed away from like highlights because it makes you sad, or are you eating it up? Michael, you've uh, you've been as like you know a recent fan. You've been absorbing some some older games, right? You've been seeing some of that. A little bit, although I am I had the baby, you know two and a half weeks ago so i'm mostly just like changing poopy diapers and dealing with screaming so i can watch for like five minutes <laughs> so i can't say i gave like a, i can't give a great analysis of it but i will tell you what i have done in this is i've deleted facebook off my phone and i've deleted twitter off my phone i today re-downloaded twitter just an fyi but facebook i couldn't take it like i didn't like facebook before the pandemic the people complaining on there now are the worst human beings. I, I hate people that, that use Facebook as a platform to like give people opinions that don't matter. So <laughs> taking it off my phone helped my anxiety. Yes. I don't have any desire to check Facebook. There's just no reason to be on Facebook. It's just a bunch of panic and craziness. So if, if you're feeling anxiety during the pandemic and it's because you're clicking on every freaking article, like, Get rid of Facebook. You're not learning anything new on Facebook. So yeah, I, I don't brutal. know. I've changed my social media habits. Like I'm, of course, I'm not at work right now. As soon as I get back on the computer, I'll be on all that shit again, no doubt. No. Well, it's no good. Like you said, everything you said is accurate, and I'm on it probably every day. Um, it's uh, it's self really, abuse. Yeah, I. I don't know. You want to help me? Like an ongoing investigation into humanity for me. Like I like to understand what humans are doing, and they really disappoint me every day. Every day I'm disappointed. That's the thing, though. You're just getting the worst. You're getting the worst on social media. And don't get me wrong. I'm taking the pandemic very seriously because I got a newborn at home that I don't want to get sick. So I'm I'm being very careful. But um, fuck. What was I saying? What were we just talking about? Facebook, social media, yeah, you're, getting, you're getting the worst. Yeah, yeah. The worst. Oh, oh, all right. So you see a negative tweet. You say you see something like, "Oh, my 30 year old friend is dying from coronavirus right now." You click on the tweet. It was retweeted like 50,000 times. Like the scale is larger on social media for for negativity in it's in a way. The reach, the reach of negativity. Yeah. As as somebody who. Somehow, some way, luckily, like I, I left Facebook anyway, um, back like the the first week of January, just because that was like my New Year's resolution. I was like, oh, I'm gonna leave Facebook. Like I'm, I can, I can do without it. Um, I don't need to know that someone I graduated with had their fourth kid like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Garbage um, or politics. It was yeah, all politics. Or, yeah, 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 that was the other part. I was like, it's I don't, I can't go through another, I can't go through another election cycle on Facebook. Um, Imagine so what like this is going to do to the election banter. My head's going to oh, explode. Yeah. So it's going to be great. So I avoided that. And then as far as Twitter goes, um, all I do is hang out with you guys on Roost and the Devil. I created Twitter, but never use it. 
So Rooster and Devil is my, my only Twitter. But it's just, this is the argument I had with my mom. And she tells me, like, she watches the news because, you know, she's 67. Um, and she watches the news every day. Like, that's all she has on at home now because, like, the kids aren't there because she can't see the kids because we're keeping her safe. Um, so <laughs> all she does is watch the news. And I said, Mom, like, like, why are you watching the news? She's like, I just want to know what's going on. You know, I want to be informed. And I said, you can be informed by just going and finding facts. Like, if you just want, like, the facts about, like, where cases are and stuff like that, like, go and use, like, World Health Organization or go use the CDC or... Um, you need, like, Johns- one shot the, of news a day, or, you know? Or the Johns Hopkins. Like, you can't, you can't do news because news thrives on negativity because yeah. negativity drives clicks and viewership. And things and, aren't happening quick enough for there to be 24-hour coverage. Yeah, well, and, and, you, and you can't... If you absorb yourself in that, if that is the way you are absorbing, you know, this pandemic, you're going to have an anxiety fueled negative, like negative response. It's already going to be anxiety fueled. You don't need to add to it by hearing conjecture. Just get the facts. If if you want to be informed, get the facts, stay informed of like where cases are and what the CDC is saying to like prevent them like that. That's important. But you can get that through the CDC's mouth. now, you can get so that without without important. opinion, though, is what I'm saying. Like, get it without opinion. Get it without your local fucking uh, anchors, like, twist on how they feel about shit. Like, that's not helping anybody. Um, and it's kept me sane, honestly. That's my social media habits is I've been able to avoid news and, like, social media angle on all of that. Um, and it's actually kept me, I think, pretty level-headed about it. That doesn't mean yeah. I don't check the CDC, I don't. I checked the CDC, who and the Johns Hopkins uh, coronavirus um, resource every day, just for numbers, locations, cases, and who it's affecting. Because I'm I'm a data scientist anyway, so like, give me data and let me process it in my own way without your opinion, like yeah. slanting my view. Every single broadcast has some take on it, and. I'm weird, I guess, because I, I just don't have anxiety about it. I don't have children. Um, Helpful. My grandparents are, de- yeah, my grandparents are definitely at risk. Um, I'm not, I'm taking it very seriously. I was, I called my grandma like four weeks ago and was like, hey, you might want to start thinking about this. Um, so I'm definitely taking it seriously and I work for Spectrum. So, I mean, I'm in it every day. Um, we have a daily update briefing. We have... You know, our leadership is involved in the whole command center setup, setting up testing tents. My colleagues are the ones setting up all these programs to facilitate lab testing, to get the drive-through tent up, all that stuff. So it's in my face, but like, I guess I'm just weird because I'm like, it's out of my control. Nothing I can do. Do my best to take precautions. But you're so right, Michael, to go back to your 24-7. The 24-7 news cycle and social combined with social media is what... You know, I'm not saying that we're overreacting. I think the measures taken seem like they're logical, especially being in healthcare and understanding the way the healthcare system can be overwhelmed. But like the panic, to your point, it's every second of the day. If you want to go look for it, it'll be there waiting for you. And so, you get drunk I, on it, you know, one shot of news a day yeah. is really good call. So, like, I'll watch national news at 6:30, local news a half hour, and I'll check the Wall Street Journal a couple of times. All right, I mean, you're here. You can load up we've, on it, Pat. You're here. We've uh, 
we've we've uh, divulged or diverged into into this, even though we didn't want to go too it's kind far. Kind of fun though. Let's, I haven't talked about it with anybody, you know. I haven't yeah, well, I know I know time for you. You know, finding time to have these conversations, Michael, is um, a premium. So uh, let's uh, let's steer back to to football because. Yes, we're missing football. Yes, we wish we were consuming more of football and less of social media and news and, you know, shit is awful. Um, but let's let's look at, um, you know, in our text that we talked about, uh, you know, 2019-2020, State of the Union, whether we come back or not, like up to the last game played, where is your club currently and how has the season been i think i see a dumpster on fire floating down the river <laughs> right now <laughs> from where tottenham had a that was a brutal season i know brad's gonna come in all rosy but <laughs> this is a crazy season like pochettino got fired early you know like what are the chances it's just crazy and then jose comes in <laughs> what's your take brad what do you got <laughs> Yeah, I need I need I need like a detailed breakdown from yeah. beginning until February. What is like or March rather? What is what is Tottenham season for you guys? Yeah, I agree with Lyco. It's disappointing. I still miss Pochettino. Um, I miss. His, I hope he comes back. His weird charm, but I'm still on board with Jose, and I hope I still have hope that um, you know it's 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 not the same as. Ole, it's not the same. It's not even close to the same. And it's funny I'm even putting them in the same bucket, but it's like Jimmy has been patient with Ole leaving his imprint on the team. And I still think that if you have faith that Jose can put some kind of a new style imprint mm-hmm. on a team, which is what I'm still hoping for. I don't want the United Jose and how he ran that. I'm just still trying to be positive about maybe he gets some players in and a full preseason and all these things, and, and maybe it turns out well. But it's been a huge failure for Spurs. I mean, the, the pieces the are there, are, though. Are, the pieces are there. Tottenham are good. They need to buy on defense. But our, our midfield's yeah. loaded. Sonny, yeah. Harry. Can, can, can I also just, like, uh, level set for the listeners that uh, haven't heard, you know, because it hasn't been mentioned a whole lot. But uh, Red Tindall was a massive 2009-2010 Inter Milan fan when his coach, Jose Mourinho, was at Inter. Um, yes. So there's a little bit of... Champions League winners. Champions League winner, Like, yeah. they. I think they won the treble in Italy. They won right? the treble. They won the domestic yeah. cup, the uh, Serie A title, and the Champions League. It's pretty tight. It's dope. But yeah, you're right. But that was a different time in football. I think you would agree. It's a totally different time in football. Absolutely. And that Italian style really suited them. Um, the rough and tumble defense was Zanetti and uh, Mykon. Remember Mykon? I mean, they were stacked I, and strong in defense. I, I do. I'm only saying that because I think that more in football than you know any sport that like I've experienced as as an American fan, there is like this like loyalty to past um successes yeah yeah to past successes like to to to, just to just to fond memories that you'll that you'll you know forgive transgressions or you'll be 10 times more patient um i like why no one was on lucas mora's ass this year 
Lucas was just like he's no, a sub. Yes. He's a sub. No doubt. He is a great he's sub. He's a sub. That's a great point, so, Jim. So you're saying Jose gets a longer leash and you're you're saying are you we wasting time with this leash? I well, I don't I don't we're gonna buy a center no, back. No, 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 no. I don't I don't think that it's a waste at all. I think that um and I I am not gonna sit here and defend Jose for you, but I think that I would defend patients in football in general it's just something that's just gone out the window especially like when it comes to the team building and stuff like that like you can't change you can't change a team in a season you can't change a team's trajectory right. in a season um and it is wild how quickly we are like oh you didn't get wins in the first two months like what was bob bradley like 73 days at swansea yeah it's crazy fired? like so that's what i'm saying like yeah it's, I would preach patience no matter the situation. Um, I was only, I was only for our, for our five people that listen, um, just reminding them that Brad Tyndall was a, when he came into soccer, like when I, I remember I was living with loved him, Inter. um, he, he loved inter, he loved inter Milan. Um, and so, and, and Jose was, the, was the coach then. So I just wanted to, to bring that up for, for anyone that might be, yes. Yeah, there it is. It's, it's a beautiful Jersey. My favorite player. Cambiasso. Cambiasso. Yes. Center defensive mid, which is, by the way, what fucking Tottenham needs more than anything is a regulating center defensive it. mid. No, he's not cutting it. If you had Cambiasso in that role back? with Endembele and some other options, yeah. I think it'd be a different squad. Well, I, I, think, I think healthy Sissoko and Endembele are, are terrific pairing back there. But, but Endembele doesn't does, have a fucking seizure. Well, does he want to play for Jose Mourinho? Did he sign up for the Tottenham project based on Pochettino being the boss probably. versus Jose probably. Mourinho? That's, he but, probably did, but that's not an excuse. And and if anything that I've noticed that's different compared to, say, the NFL with attitudes of players, it's I think it's more so I want to perform at this level for a big club. And it's not as much manager tied. I don't know, Jim, if you would agree with that, but or or style or camaraderie tied. Like you can throw players and pieces in and make it work. I don't know. There's still there's still certainly a locker room element. I think that you can have cancers in a locker room in, in football. Um, that haven't been said. Yeah, I think that it's more about like the team and the club that you're playing for than the manager always. Um, when we talk about that versus like a coach in, in American football. Um, but I still think it can have, like, if, when you talk about like the biggest, um, the biggest characters, as far as managers go, they can have a either positive or negative impact, depending on what, you know, what style they are. Um, Polarizing. Yeah. Polarizing. Yes. That's a great word. Yes. Jose is an ecosystem. (laughs) Honestly, is like, and I think that if you if he comes into the right situation, you know, um, whether it's, uh, Chelsea in 2000, what was 2004 or mm-hmm. Chelsea again in 2012, 12, 13, um, like where he walked into the right team for his style at the right time versus him walking into, and I know, I know people are going to say like, like Real Madrid won the league, but he didn't win any Champions League at Real Madrid. He didn't walk into one, but he walked into the perfect situation, club-wise at Inter Milan. I think that like, I think that there is a style of team that he can coach that can be just devastating. But if it's not the right players 
and he's not given what he wants immediately to do the transfers that he wants to make those players available for him. It just doesn't work. Like he can still generate moderate results. Like, you know, Manchester United like was talented enough that we finished second at one point and won the Europa League, blah blah blah. Yeah. But it he, was um, it, he's got a history of go sorry sorry I was just saying it was never gonna it was never gonna work long term and he's not a long term manager he is a he is a band aid on a club that is trying to transition to the next whatever yeah no, he, no. He, does he traditionally buy older players and plug them in. Yes. yes, and that's why he leaves them devastated. He yes. he would he would argue with you. What was it? It was when he was a United manager, right? Where he like had this whole uh, diatribe about um, like he listed every young player that he had brought up for blah, blah blah their first appearance, and that like that may be so, um, but they have to they have to a be like you know on his on his timeline to make it work and be in, in some cases it has to be um, the club like necessitates it. Um, I don't know if Troy Parrott fucked Jose Marino's wife. Um, yeah. Not starting him was so do. dumb. Not um, but he has, he has in the past played like, it, like it's, it seems very specific with the young players that he chooses to play. But yeah, he super relies more on, on older guys, like a lot of the targets that we saw at United when he was there were guys that were anywhere from like 28 to 33, right? Like let's win now versus build for the heady though. You know, at that age, like you've grown into the game so much Like you, you get very heady by 28. Yes. Uh, 28 has got to be your peak. Like that is got like for a soccer player, like as a peak age mind plus physical. Mm -hmm. So, Mike and I agree it was a failure for Spurs. We need defensive help, center defensive mid. Um, we need center probably backs. Probably good at attacking. We need a center, center backs. backs. But what about United? Good Jim? one. Um, gosh, guys, I don't like text wise and podcast wise. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's essentially everything that I've been preaching all season: like patience and um, playing the young guys, uh, whether it's academy guys. Um, and and seeing the growth and starting to to develop some consistency so you know early in the season we didn't see the consistency that maybe was necessary um but i mean fuck the last uh, so i texted this to you guys but um the shutdown halted a run of 11 games unbeaten in all competitions for united including 29 goals scored only two conceded, nine clean sheets, two uh, two victories over Manchester City, and one against Chelsea in that in those eleven games. Like that sort of consistency was exactly what we needed, and that happened at a time that yes, we brought in Bruno Fernandez, and I, I appreciate like he looks every bit the right, right the right person. He is he is incredible, and like he's temperamental temperamentally the right guy like he like the team the team the team and he like it's not about him he's like he's not a diva he wants to win and he wants to, like he there's a reason he was club captain for for sporting um but remember like that running games came for united without marcus rashford who up to that point before that had been one of their best players all season he's by far the best goal scorer for the team 
Um, you know, Martial has had a great run, but he's also yeah. had a service from Fernandez. Can you imagine what Rashford looks like with service from Fernandez? And also Martial looks great. You can't take anything against him though. Like he, he looks he is, phenomenal he is, in that He is great when he's motivated. Good lord. He is like the talent the, the talent is not the question. It's it's always I was it's always loving it. Motivation, motivation and attitude are the only things that will ever stand in his way. But like when he is on the field with guys that have like when he's on the field with McTominay, who was out for extended run, when he's on the field with Bruno Fernandez, who like who just joined, like and like those type of guys that are behind him that are gonna push him. Like he needs to be pushed when you have guys on the field that are going to take you to the next level, the talent is all there. Um it's just about surrounding with the right guys and, and the right guys are there. Um, I can't remember when it was. I want to say maybe December. I sent you guys a video of Scott McTominay um, during the Europa league group, like group yep. stage match. And it was Shouting. late in the game and he was just ripping into like 30 year old veterans to get into position at like the 88th minute. Right. And they were up like three, nothing um, just to, like that, that sort of presence on the field can't be understated for some of these guys like Martial who are talented, who might need to be pushed. Um, Rashford is not one of those guys. You bring Rashford back into that fold and you're just adding that talent on top of that motivation. And I think that the the formula is there. Um, you guys look whether, good, man. <laughs> whether or not that means, you know, we see Pogba back because, you know, COVID-19 has destroyed um, the financial market for his sale. Um, you want um, him back uh, at this point? A motivated, like a motivated, or slash engaged Paul Pogba is dangerous. Like, look at 2018 World Cup. Um, the way on he went on was for France because France wins the World Cup large in part to the way he played. He is fantastic in that tournament. So when he's interested and engaged one and healthy, okay. The, let, me, the let, me, let me give you the let me give you the three years Sam. that you anticipate before that. Like. Um, when he's interested and engaged and his head isn't turned by money, he's fine. If he wants to leave and we can get that money to see him go, absolutely. But I'm not going to already transfer. If he's there next year and he's healthy, he plays. Like, he plays next to McTominay. I love Fred. He's great for depth. But if you're telling me that I can have a, 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 def- like a midfield triangle of Pogba next to McTominay with Bruno Fernandez in front of that, Get the fuck out of here. We're going to be spraying balls up That's to Martial, sexy. Rashford, and, like, uh... McTominay can even, score, too. He gets goals. I'm just, yeah, goals. it's it, it's good. Like, we could add another center back. I'm not going to get any extra answer. Like, in the season we're at right now, like, it, it was unfortunate for United just, um... All those young guys coming to their own. And I, I haven't even mentioned, like, the amount of games and time played for, like, players like... Um, Mason Greenwood. Like I Mason love him. Greenwood. He's fucking fantastic. And we re-signed to Heath Chong, um, another young Dutch winger. Um, very talented. Lots of promise. Uh, we can, um, it sounds like that they're really aggressively re-signing Angel Gomez. Like, and so this is this was the point I was going to get into as far as like you know if if uh, the coronavirus changes the way money is and the landscape is for the transfer season going into the summertime. It's um, I feel super confident because how strong United's Academy continues to be like the players that we can bring through. If we can't go buy them, we're still growing them. And that is important to me. Um, I mean, it continues to be justified, Michael. It was, I was kind of like 
in love with what he was saying. I was like, yes, yes. So, oh, I agree. It's justified, though. It's it's interesting <sighs> that it, it backs you, Jim. It backs your narrative from this year, preaching patience and leaning into the young players. And now look, you're saying, now look where we are. See, we're not strapped for you know, all these huge wages. We got some young players. We're in a good position. It's good stuff. It's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pleased. I am disappointed to miss soccer. I am more disappointed because I felt like for the first time in seven years that United was really on the right path. Um, and they still are. The right Is Rashford going to be back, by the way, uh, if they come back? Like, what's his situation you know, like I, wanted, I thought it was like I thought it was like May for him physically um, in a in a normal circumstance. You got to remember that all these guys who come back from injury are on their own as far as recovery. Like they're not in the building every day doing rehab, which accelerates that process for them. Um, I know you guys know about injuries very well, considering the season you had. Good lord, it's been painful. I think you guys are in a different situation um, table wise. By the way, if injuries aren't as ridiculous um, as they have been. But, um, yeah, I think I, th- I thought Rashford was back, like, May in, in perf- perfect circumstances. We'll have to see whenever the league restarts, like, when, he, it, when he'll be back. But It's March 31st right it. now. It'll be May. It's going to be May. It's going to be May. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're at Rance, boys. Yes. Uh, I wish I didn't sing that last part. That was. I didn't like that. Can't, can't cut it out. It's too late. <laughs> I won't cut it out. Too much. Too much to do. Great. Great. <laughs> I'll start. Uh, had a new baby two and a half weeks ago. Baby Casey. She she's a good baby. She sleeps a lot, which we're very appreciative of in this new world we're living in right now. But uh. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I did want to mention Daddy Blues to any new fathers out there. They're real. You get them. You're allowed to get them. There's definitely a focus on the women's health for good reasons, both mental and physical, but dads get sad too. So just remember that. You're not alone. And and, and actually, Jimmy, I appreciated our call the other night. I feel like it uh, helped me with anxiety levels and it was a level set, so it was nice to talk to you. Absolutely, man. I feel like uh, I was where you were, you know, not that long ago. My like my daughter's only eight months old, so um, I think there's a lot of that early on that it is a struggle, especially with the second kid. is is challenging in a way that you're not maybe all of a sudden ready for, and then doing that while in the current you know landscape that we're in is just you know exacerbates some of that stuff. So. The toddler's still waking up at like five, five thirty-two. I gotta let her cry it out every morning. She's like, "God damn it, go to sleep." I like, I, I feel, I feel for you, but also because, because my wife and I, like, my wife is an early riser. She gets up at like five thirty every morning anyway. Um, and for the last four years, I've like worked at six a.m. Um. Like, I feel like both of our kids are just naturally that way. And it's fine during the week, but the weekends suck, dude. I, like, mm-hmm. I, uh, my wife, like, I, I told her, I want to say last 
Friday. I was like, Hey man, can I sleep in tomorrow? She's like, yeah, sure. And I slept until like seven thirty, and it felt like, like one o'clock in the afternoon. It was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you just appreciate the little things. Uh, I, I, I agree with Mike. Like, don't be afraid to talk to somebody. You need to talk to somebody. Um, grant wise for me, like, United States is still like the the curve is still on the upswing. Everyone stay home, man. Like I I get that you miss going out and doing stuff and there's lots of ways that you can still be active and, and go do things without risking the people that you know or love and even if you don't think that, you know, you're like a like a a risk, stay home for for Christ's sake, stay home. Um it's 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 wild, um, you know. I I I go to the store once a week um, for shopping for my family, but also my mom, who I asked not to go out. You know, she's sixty seven. She has asthma and COPD, and she is the poster child for people who are getting sick and dying. And and not only that, but she lives in the fifty five up community, and so I shop for for all of her neighbors as well. Um, just because you, you you don't want to see those people at risk, and those are the people that we're, we are protecting. And um, you know, even if, even if you think that you're not worried about getting sick or like what that means, like think about everyone else's, you know, grandma and grandpa, and let, let's keep everybody safe. And, Mom and dad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So be smart. Um, take the take the proper precautions. You know, take it seriously. Honestly. Yeah. I would agree. It's not that much of an inconvenience. Like I get people are worried and whether that's media or otherwise, but like guys, guys, it's not that much to ask. It's, 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 it's shitty and annoying and inconvenient, incredibly inconvenient, especially for people that have kids. Um, you know, I, I don't know the population of the spectrum. There's a lot of children. It's West Michigan. So it's a lot of families and yeah. I can't imagine it. I really can't. You know, in um, some ways the kids are, it's interesting too, because they're oblivious to it. So you have your whole little environment in the house where they're creating this like oblivious little happy world. And I don't know, you get lost in that too. So in a way, having a family at home is like, I don't know, comforting too. So it's not all negative. Can create a happy bubble. Yeah, I mean, the toddler's having the time of her life. Like, she has no idea what's going on. That both her parents are home all the time. We're building forts, like jumping into pillows. Like, she's legitimately having a blast. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> it is in it a is. lot of cases. Yeah. So, uh, you know, agreed. But like, suck it up. We're not having to go to war. We don't have to storm the fucking beach in Normandy. Um, it's different and it's painful, but just. Keep your head up and be patient. Um, we're not a society that is used to being patient. And if we can do that, and like Jimmy said, just be safe and be smart on behalf of society as a whole, that's a good thing, and it'll be over soon. And then my actual rant would be Amazon. Spurs have this entire season documented in an Amazon documentary, for those of you that out there are not aware of that. Okay? It's going to be insane. Pochettino being fired. Mourinho coming in. Spurs sucking dick, the coronavirus, and everything that entails with that. It's going to be absolutely fascinating. Can't wait to watch it. And then also a comment about Paul Pogba. I bet it was just easy, you know, playing with the GOAT, Jim, uh, Moses Sissoko on his squad. You know, that's why it's probably easy to win the World Cup with the GOAT. So that's, that's 
That's my rant. The goat. You really want to go with the goat for Musa Sissoko? (laughs) Nah, it's a running joke on the Spurs Reddit. They all call him the goat. Just because he's like a nice guy and he just works his ass off and runs for days. He's a good player, man. He's a solid piece. He's a good player. He's certainly better center defensive mid than N'Golo Kante for France. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's the smiler. The goat. I'm glad he's having fun. He went from being a a non-starter winger at Newcastle to a uh, center mid for for Tottenham. I've loved him in that role, too. Yeah, really. Have. I got one timeout before we go here. Did you see the Jack Grealish stuff? Yeah. Where, yeah, where he led. Did you see his up. apology today? Not really. <laughs> did he? Yeah, yeah. Did Everybody he, knows. He, he got smashed. He crashed his car. Gave a, an apology, blah, blah, blah. But he was wasted. There's a picture of him in the morning where he just looks like, he looks like Jack Wilshire 2.0. So I... Love it. You know, beware, Jim. I, beware. I, I'm not. Uh, I am aware. And while I just like we, um, go ahead and you can end the recording. I'm not using this for the podcast. <laughs> the devil will explain. Hey, Bella. How you doing, homie?